Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Play on Words podcast. This is your host, Beth, or you might know me as Miss Beth. And um, if you're here for the very first time, I'm so excited that you are, truly. I um, actually, maybe this is kind of embarrassing, but I actually have become, some of my best friends are people that I've met that are clients or were followers and um, have become like my people. So I really am glad that you're here because I hope that you can get something out of this. I hope that we can grow together and I hope that I can um, get a chance to talk to you in real life someday. I worked as an early childhood uh, educator and elementary school educator and then reading specialist um, for several years before leaving to start my own practice. I had a tutoring company and then um, we shifted to early childhood development and literacy focus. Um, And now I get to work with teachers and schools and families all over the world virtually. I have digital courses and, and digital products and I write curriculum. Um, And I work with some of the very same companies that I learned from, and I love my job and I love to help people. And I am here to disrupt the education system because you know what? It's not working. It is not working. Okay. Wow. How's that for an intro? Maybe I should put that at the beginning of every episode. So today we're talking about kindergarten readiness. Ah, hot topic. Um, super hot topic and sort of triggering, I think, for some people. Um, and yeah, so let's just dive in, shall we? Is there a way to tell if a child is ready for kindergarten or not? Um, short answer is kids are ready for kindergarten. Um it's, it's obviously a bit more complicated than that, but what I always tell parents and grownups is that the things that you're probably thinking, oh no, they're not ready for kindergarten, don't really matter. For example, they can't write every single one of their letters in lowercase. It's actually developmentally appropriate to not be able to do that with all of your letters because five-year-olds are still developing fine motor skills. So that's should not be one of your concerns. Hardly anything academic should be your concern when you're thinking about, is my child ready for kindergarten? So at like a, a high level view, we want kids to be able to say their ABCs. And here's an important thing. Can they say the ABCs, not just sing them? So if they sing them, they know that they, we know that they know a song, but we want them to say them showing us that they understand that each letter has meaning and each letter stands for its own entity. That's not the word I was looking for, but moving on. Um, And if they can count to 10, okay, most kids can do that. Also, if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't know if they can say the ABCs, guess what? You're going to start right now. We're going to practice it. If your child only can sing the ABCs, I've got a bunch of activities on my Instagram page, Big City Readers, but um, if they can only say the, the ABCs, start doing little activities like put the ABCs on post-its and put them all out of order. And as you're singing them, you have to put them in order. Then when they are in order, you touch each letter. So practice singing it, but touching each letter as you're singing. That way we're starting to understand that the, that the part of the song that we're singing goes to a letter. So oftentimes I think we are confused why kids don't know their ABCs visually when they know the song, but we need to make sure that they understand the letter name 
and the letter sound. Um, so I, on this podcast and um, on my website, share a whole bunch of sound activities, but um, saying their ABCs and recognizing their ABCs is an important one too. This is not like the, oh, they can't do it, no kindergarten. However, if they don't know any of their letters, I would get a jump on that right now. Um, if you want to assess your child's kindergarten readiness, one of the biggest things is self-care. Like, can they get dressed independently without your help? Can they use the bathroom without your help? Can they zip their pants and button their pants? Can they do these things independently? Um, the biggest activity that I tell parents of kids going into kindergarten in the fall to practice in the summer is to practice having lunch. If they're going to go to full day kindergarten, practice having lunch. So they are going to be responsible for opening their own sandwich bags or if you send a go-gurt, have them open their packages um, so that they feel confident when that comes. So most of the things I look at are social, emotional, and not academic. Um, kindergarten in the United States is typically five to six years old. And in a in the next episode, we're going to be talking more about redshirting kindergarten or delaying kindergarten, or if you have that privilege and opportunity, should you take it? If your if your state or your school district allows you to decide and isn't just um, going off of this, the, the birthday deadline. So in Illinois, it's September 1st. So you have to be five by September 1st, but some kids um, aren't turning or some kids will be older then. So if you, you know, turn um, five, August 31st, you're going to be super young. And like, you might have somebody whose birthday was September 2nd and they're six and the next, the next year they're starting kindergarten at age six, but just three days different. So it's always been a hot topic issue, and we will talk about that. But in this episode, we're going to talk a bit more about kindergarten readiness and what you can focus on. This is a little lighthearted. We're just going to ease into the kindergarten drama. I'm just kidding. There is no drama. It is all going to be okay. And whatever decision you make for your child and your family is the right one. You just have to trust yourself and check with your values. I will always remind you to do that. Okay. So self-care and social emotional skills are probably the most important predictor of kindergarten readiness. So um, independence in the bathroom, opening um, their lunch, but also um, we want to look at how they, the social emotional level, like how are they interacting with other kids? So a way you can practice getting ready for kindergarten. Now I'm going to tell you things that are going to help you practice getting ready for kindergarten. Not if your child can't do this, they are not ready for kindergarten. Okay. So these are things to practice for kindergarten, not this is a, a checklist to see if your child is ready. Um, but these are things you can ask yourself. So how are they with playing with friends? Are they good at turn-taking? So things we can focus on if they're not are having playdates or playing games with the family, teaching your kids how to gracefully lose or fail at something. If you've been here for a while, you know this is a big thing that I love to talk about. But teaching your kids how to work through something tricky is something you could focus on this summer. But we really do want to look at um, all of the things we're looking at are to ensure that your child feels confident. 
um, because confident kids are unstoppable. So we want kids to feel so secure and confident in, in entering kindergarten because this is, you know, setting the stage for their school year or their school life. So let's talk about language. Can they speak in complete sentences? Are they understood by others? Do you find that their older siblings are speaking for them? If they're in a stage where their older siblings are often speaking for them, what I would recommend this summer to focus on is saying to your older siblings without without the little one entering kindergarten around saying, hey, we have a really important job. Junie, I'm just using my niece as an example, is going to kindergarten and we need to help her practice answering for herself. So we're going to play a game. Whenever someone asks a question, we're all going to count to 20 in our head. And then we'll answer. We'll help her. I know you're such good helpers. You're always you're such a good brother and sister. You're thinking about what she needs help saying, but we have to help her be able to answer on her own now, okay? Do you think you could help me do that? I'm worried I'm going to forget to do that. Will you Will you think of a way that you can help me remember to do that? Should we have like a secret code, a secret signal to remember not to answer for her because we need to help her get ready for school? So kind of make it, re- remember that it's not, um, we don't want to focus on the problem uh, because kids will often hear like the end of it. They'll hear the problem and then that will be what they focus on. So we don't want to focus on the problem and we want to remind them that we're on the same team. So you're not saying you're bad for doing this because older siblings are answering for their little siblings out of love. So kind of see if you can find a way to be on the same team with them and remind them like it's hard for you too, because you want to answer for them all the time. It feels easier. It's quicker. We just, you, you know, the answer I'll just answer, you know, Oh, it's easy for me to order for you at the restaurant. I know what you want. I'll get to the point faster. But if you can find a couple of times throughout the week to practice just being patient and not having like to rush through something and letting your child answer for themselves or order for themselves, Um, is going to be really helpful in building those language skills. Uh, We want to make sure that kindergartners can express their needs and wants. We want to make sure they understand two to three step directions, like go put your shoes on and brush your teeth and meet me at the door. Um, And that's, that's mostly what I would say to focus on in the language area. Um, I, I would also say like, are they able to make comparisons? Um, you know, like, oh, this, this reminds me of the pool we went to on vacation or, oh, that dog looks like Aunt Susie's dog. Or, um, if they could describe things like, oh, we went to a really big building or, um, we were the last ones to get a table at pizza night, things like that. They can, so we want to make comparisons and describe things. Um, Okay, so then math, we talked about counting from one to 10. We want them to be able to recognize um, and name shapes, um, understand that something is more or less, um, and we want them to be able to name um, and arrange objects in order, like smallest to biggest, tallest to shortest. And this is fun stuff that you can just do um, like with your family, like maybe you're waiting for your table at a restaurant. Uh, apparently restaurants are on my mind right now. And you could say, okay, put us in order, tallest to shortest. Okay. Now, you know, think of a different one. Um, take these crayons. Can you, um, 
point to the pink crayon? Okay, can you point to the brown crayon? So we're we're doing one-to-one correspondence. We're we're recognizing the colors. It's just really easy stuff. So this is stuff you're probably already doing. Just kind of check in with your kindergartner on this. Um, we talked about self-care and social emotional a bit, but going to the bathroom on their own, washing their hands on their own, getting dressed on their own. Do they know their first and last name? Do they know how old they are? Do they know their address? Um, and then everybody is going to be a little bit sad, but have they been separated from you before? So are they, it's okay if they're feeling nervous, but how are they with leaving you for a couple of hours or a full day? Are they going to be okay? Um, we want kids that aren't going to be too upset. Um, so we'll start working on that if they are a little bit nervous to be separated from their caregiver. Um, and then we want them, of course, to be interacting with other kids. So I would say have a play date if you can with someone that's going to be in the class, um, go to the park, practice turn taking and gracefully failing or losing a game. Show them. Remember, kids need us to show them how to fail. They need us to show them everything. So so let uh, don't forget to show them how to lose. So play a game and what I like to do is say like, oh man, I'm so mad. Oh, you know what though? Wait a minute. Actually, I had a really fun time playing this game with you and I don't really want to feel mad about it. I just, I just was sad and disappointed that I didn't win, but that's, I don't want to be mad. That was a fun time still. Okay. I can take a deep breath. It's okay to be disappointed, but I had a good time with you. Do you want to play again? Or maybe say like, could you show me some of the tricks you used? wow, you're really good at that. You must practice a lot. Or even say the phrase like, I'm disappointed I didn't win, but I always love playing with you. So these phrases that we say in these moments are slowly going to become ingrained in them of what they're going to say in those moments too. Um, and then um, can, okay, fine motor skills. So can they hold a pencil or a crayon? Um, I don't, I wouldn't say for a caregiver or a parent to worry too much about the grip right now. The teacher will help support that. But are they familiar with holding a pencil or a crayon? Can they use scissors? Can they trace like a square and a circle? Um, could they make a square and a circle? Um, I don't even need them to be able to write words, in my opinion. Uh, but I want them to make some letters um, with a pencil or a crayon. Uh, I definitely want them to be able to write their name. And, oh, another fine motor skill I would look at is um, puzzles. Can they put together a puzzle? And then, of course, the gross motor skills. Can they hop on one foot? Can they climb stairs? Can they bounce a ball and try to catch it? Can they jump with their feet together? Can they jump with their feet apart? Can they run? Um, so those are some of the, the kind of things that I uh, that are just like general what to look at about kindergarten. Um, but... There's, of course, a lot more, and it's different for every family. So when we talk about readiness, are they ready for kindergarten? There's the three areas of maturity we need to look at, physical, social, and cognitive. So the physical would be walking, talking, and not even necessarily that they can keep their body still because I really don't like when 
parents will come home from getting a report card and they're like, oh, they said they need to work on, you know, sitting still because kids really are made to move and they're showing us how they like to learn. And I think that there should be more opportunities for them to move. So I'm not, I don't want to say this in the wrong way, but the physical ability is that they aren't just rolling around constantly, that they can listen and follow directions and listen to an adult speak for, you know, five or six minutes. Um, that's what you can look at, you know, like, are they able to be in a conversation and not just like throwing their body around? If they are, you know, you could look at working on that. If it seems like it's out of their control, um, you might want to get an evaluation. Um, the social end, are they able to be away from their parents? Are they able to interact with peers? How are they at making new friends? Um, and then the cognitive end. So that would be all of the other stuff that we looked at. Um, and these develop according to a typical development. Um, so it's not like you can really rush this process or hold it back, but you can support your child, of course. Um, but we want to make sure that we're not just, um, I, I don't want to swing too far to the end of either side. So I don't want to say kids need to sit still, but I don't want to say they should be rolling around every all day. So, so when we're looking at kindergarten readiness, I want you to try to be in the flow. Like I'm imagining like a stream and like, you just like are a, a, like hitting the rocks on either side of the extremes, but just like be in the stream, just go with it. Um, in between. So it's not, it's not like, so, so everything I've said needs to be accomplished, but it's not like nothing matters. So kind of just like take it with a grain of salt, trust yourself. You got this. That being said, I'm going to jump into a couple more things that I would focus on if you want to help support your child on their kindergarten readiness journey. So because I do specialize in the learning to read process, these are the things that I will think about. And yes, some of them might be surprising um, because it's can they recognize and name their colors? Um, I think I mentioned this earlier, but recognizing colors and naming colors and sorting by colors is a really big step in language and literacy. Um, it's, it's a very important thing to notice. And I, I'm always cautious of saying this because I don't want someone to hear this and then think, oh my gosh, they can't do this. But when a child isn't able to rapidly name colors, that's a bigger sign later of a reading disability than writing B's and D's and P's and Q's backwards. This is not something for two-year-old, three-year-old, four-year-old parents to worry about, okay? And it's not, oh no, they can't do this. There's a reading disability here. But that is something to pay attention to. Um, can they recognize and name at least half the letters at the start of kindergarten? Um, some schools will assess at a higher level, they'll want them to know all of them, but um, developmentally, I want them to know half. Recognize their name. Can they recognize words that rhyme? There'll be another um, episode deeper about rhyming, but rhyming is actually a huge predictor in reading success. And there's several stages of rhyming. Um, but the first one is can they recognize words that rhyme? Um, and if you want to help your child become a better rhymer, I actually... Uh, maybe I'll leave this in the show notes, but um, we have a rhyming free free download with our favorite books and activities to practice. But um, 
I'll give you one of them right here. It's um, if you are reading a book that rhymes like, um, oh, I just use my old faithful, Little Blue Truck, uh, horn went beep, engine purred, the friendliest sound you ever heard. So once they've established that is the pattern, then when you read it a second time, you can pause before saying the rhyming word. So that's the very initial part of noticing rhymes. But we want kids entering kindergarten to recognize words that rhymes like hat, bat. Those are rhyming words. Another game I like to play, and this is something I'll teach you in preschool prep and the master the ABCs course, um, our digital courses. But you can just do this wherever you are. Have your child hold two thumbs up as you say, as you or they say two words. So mouse, house, keep the thumbs up. And then you do another one like tiger cat thumbs down not a rhyme i like to do the thumbs up and thumbs down because then if you're in the car you can do that but if you've got an energetic preschooler kindergartner you can say jump if it's a rhyme or stay really small if it's not um so we want them to start to you know recognize words um and this doesn't mean sight words but like recognize that a stop sign is a stop sign or target or mcdonald's like things that they've seen before. Um, understand descriptive words. We've talked about that one. Can they tell a story using pictures? Um, can they answer questions about their day in a complete sentence? Like, who did you sit by at lunch? Or when did you feel happiest today? Um, or like, where do you want to go tonight? Can they answer those questions in complete sentences? Um, and then um, recite nursery rhymes is a good one. So you can help them by, you know, thinking about a nursery rhyme that they've memorized. Have them say it back to you. If you want to make it super fun, you can say, okay, I'm going to change one word. See if you notice what one word I changed. Um, and then the, the, the book, uh, the concept of print that I want you to focus on is not just their letters and words, but we want them to hold the book the right way. Um, because, well, we want them to hold the book the right way because that's like the first step in reading. We want them to know that print moves from left to right and top to bottom. So even if they're making it up or even if they're just like following along, make sure that their finger is moving in the right way. Um, and make sure like, okay, so I like to ask, questions about a book, but I don't also want to have them lose interest and have it feel like a quiz. So I pick like two questions to ask after we read a book um, to gauge if they're understanding and ask, I kind of asked them to retell the story. I said, wait a minute, pretend I didn't just hear the story. I forgot everything. Can you tell me what happened? And if your child is like, no, say, can you tell me what happened, but use a teeny tiny mouse voice. And so they'll try to tell you about the story and they'll think it's like a fun, creative thing, even though you're kind of checking their comprehension. Um, so that is kind of the biggest thing I would focus on um, academically. I would say spend the summer making sure they're socially and emotionally prepared, um, that they can complete task, tasks, <laughs> that they can take turns, share, play with others, that they can resolve conflict. That means that they don't, not that they don't have conflict, but they know how to problem solve. So the biggest thing you can do for your child is to help them become a problem solver. Um, 
And so I like to kind of like make it like a detective, like, ooh, what would a problem solver do? And then let your child come up with their own plan. Um, We want them to express their feelings appropriately. That means they can be sad and mad, but if you're mad, you don't hit a person, but you might want to hit a pillow. Um, Or if you really don't want to talk to someone, you don't just hurt them or ignore them. You might say, I need to take a break and go take a break in your house. A lot of classrooms will have a cool down corner or a take a break spot, um, which I really encourage parents to have in their house to help with emotional regulation. So um, you know what, that might even be a whole nother episode, but essentially you set a house, a, a spot in the house that is not far from everything. So you don't want it to be excluded. Um, so I would recommend somewhere like in the kitchen or somewhere that where you always are, doesn't take up too much space. We don't want to have, um, you know, it'd be like, oh, everybody wants to be there, but we don't want it to feel like a shameful spot. Um, I would just put like a cozy chair in it. And then like, maybe like a feelings, like a couple of feelings, pictures, depending on how old your child is, like maybe pictures of babies that say happy or sad. And then like um, some sort of sensory item, like a squishy ball or like a a mason jar uh, full of glitter that they can shake. But the most important thing with a cool down corner is that we know everybody can use it. Everybody can use it. And it's not a bad thing. And we want to model how to use it. So when I'm in a classroom and I'm setting up a cool down corner, I show the corner, I show how to use it. And then I ask students to demonstrate how to use it. And I have everybody share what they notice that student does. So the phrase I notice is a really good one to put in your back pocket. But oh, I noticed that Lynn didn't, um, I noticed that Lynn sat down so gently because she knows that beanbag could definitely pop if we sat down too hard. Nice job. Oh, I noticed, you know, whatever. Say what you noticed. And this is also a big thing for any teacher listening. Instead of um, saying like, oh, notice, or Lynn is doing such a good job, but saying I notice and name the behavior and not like the person doing such a good job, but that the behavior that they were choosing, because everyone has the ability to choose that behavior also, but not everybody has the ability to be the friend that you're saying, wow, look at them. It's too vague. It doesn't, it doesn't really help kids. It makes them feel competitive with each other. So I have everybody try to use the cool down corner. And um, so we all know how to use it. We don't want the first time we use it to be when we're, when we're upset. Um, so we all use it. You can talk about times you might need to use it. You might say like, ooh, I was feeling really frustrated because your little sister threw her spaghetti at me and I didn't want to yell at her. So I went to take a cool down in the cool down corner. And there's, I usually like to keep a timer there so that you can set the timer for two minutes, five minutes. So it doesn't become an all day thing, whether it's in your classroom or your house, but a cool down corner is really, really remarkable for helping kids regulate feelings and know when they need to take a break without just like throwing a fit. I also um, don't believe, so if a child is using behavior like hitting and that's one of their things they need to overcome, I would not say don't hit. I would give them something that is safe to hit, um, like a pillow or, um, you know, if you have a preschooler that's biting, you might have like a, this is a safe to bite bin and it might be like chew beads, things like that. Um, But 
the cool down corner is going to help them be able to express their feelings appropriately. I'm sad right now. I don't want to be around people. I need a minute, which is like a remarkable thing for a kindergartner to be able to do. But if you practice using that and you practice modeling it too, like, oh, I'm really angry right now, but I don't want to say something mean. I'm going to go take a break. You can call it whatever you want. Take a break corner, cool down corner. Guess we don't need to have another episode. I just explained it. Um, so those are the, those are the social emotional things that I would focus on. And of course, going to the bathroom, putting their clothes on by themselves, washing their hands and opening their lunch. Um, ABCs, one, two, threes. Yeah. But the most important thing I would say to focus on for kindergarten readiness is, are they socially and emotionally prepared and can they physically take care of themselves? Um, yeah, that's what I would focus on this summer. Uh, if you're listening to this, when it comes out at the beginning of summer, but if you have any questions, please feel free to send me an email or a message on Instagram. And in the next episode, we're going to talk more about, uh, ages in kindergarten and, um, delaying kindergarten or redshirting the drama, the, privilege. It's a hot, hot topic. So I'm collecting questions now. Please send them my way. And it'll probably need to be a couple of part series because I've already given a few webinars on this over the last decade. So I I just, I know how long it takes to answer each of these questions. Um, But spoiler alert, there's no one right or wrong answer. There's no like one size fits all. There's no one school fits all. There's, it's, It's so different for every person, but I'm going to show you how to ask the questions you need to ask yourself or ask the questions to the school you need to ask um, and hopefully just kind of stir up some things that you might need to think about or make you feel more confident in your decision. But there will not be any, this is the decision you should make, or this is the right or wrong decision. So if you're expecting that, I'm sorry to pre-disappoint you. (laughs) Thank you so much for being here, you guys. If you're liking this podcast, can you give me five stars? Um, I actually have no idea how podcasting works. As you know, if you've been here for a while, I'm not, I'm not trying to, this is not my career. My actual business is creating curriculum and lessons, but I just want to make education and resources as easily accessible as possible. So having a free podcast um, seemed like the best next step. Um, And so since I'm not throwing resources at it, I don't really know how to keep it on people's feeds. So I think if you give it five stars, that is how. Um, Which makes me think I should go give all of my podcasts five stars right now. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, I'll see you guys next time.